Hello and welcome to the Honey Kids Asia podcast where we will bring you all the cool happenings for families in Singapore. My name is Ange and I'm a mum to two boys, Xavier who is 12 and Marcel who is nine. Today I'm joined by our Honey Kids Asia editor Shaz. Hey Shaz. Hi, Ange. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. My kids are a bit younger. So I've got Inaya, my older girl who is four, and then Ishak, who is younger at one and a half. So we've got quite a few age groups covered on this podcast for our families that are tuning in. So today's episode is all about family cost-saving tips. Look, I've lived in Singapore for almost 10 years with two children and seen the prices of everything from tuition to extracurricular activities to rent, COEs, all going up. And now with the GST rate increasing over the next two years, we thought it would be useful to have an episode on tips for getting more bang for your buck. Yeah, definitely. Times are changing, Ange, and we all want to make sure that we're making the most out of our hard-earned money. And I am all for like finding a good bargain and planning ahead for the full family. A hundred percent. Yes, a hundred percent. So first on the list, we have some family-friendly restaurants where kids can eat for free. We all still want to be able to go out for a meal as a family, but we want to do so without breaking the bank, particularly when we're bringing two hungry children along. So Shaz, what can we do? Yeah, so there are so many great restaurants in Singapore where kids eat free. You've got like, of course, the very affordable like hawkers and food courts. But if you're looking for a nice cafe, like somewhere to chill, there are so many all over town. So there's Cafe Melba and the one in Goodman actually has a really cool bouncy castle. And I believe all the other outlets also have different play areas and stuff within the cafe itself. Then you've got Tonito Latin American Kitchen in Jewel, which, you know, of course, everybody loves Jewel. It's very beautiful. Love Jewel. Yeah, that restaurant does really good kids eat free deals with a paying adult. And then you've got in Keppel Bay, which is nearer to the harbourfront area, there's Bayswater Kitchen, which is really nice. It's got a nice playground area and also like really good kids eat free deals as well. Uh, and of course, Ikea. We love the meatballs there. Everybody loves doing everything in Ikea. You go shopping and then after that, you get your meatballs and then like, you know, all the little treats that you get in the restaurant. There's also, if you're looking for like buffet style eating, there's Rise at MBS that has really good like one-for-ones and also kids eat free deals as long as the family has adults that are paying. And also Soul Garden, which is a local favourite. You get to do all your grilling and then you've got like soups and it's like a free-for-all buffet for the whole family and kids under a certain age actually eat free. Yeah, so a lot of really good options for eating for the whole family in Singapore. Perfect, Shaz. I'm actually getting quite hungry talking about all these places to eat. We also have an article, Kids Eat Free, which is on our website, and we'll make sure that that's in the show notes for all of the listeners today. But when we are out at restaurants, we usually want to make it a day out. And we also want to look for some fun and free activities, one of which is, of course, exploring parks, animal sightings, right, Shaz? 
Yes, definitely. So on top of like the really cool national parks in Singapore where you can actually find a lot of little critters here and there. You know, you've got the otters roaming around as a family. Sometimes you get to see crocodiles in some of the parks like Sungai Buloh Wetland Reserve. And then of course, hornbill sightings and a lot of, you know, really cool tropical animals that are native to Singapore. But on top of that, you can also go all the way to like some of the urban farms in Singapore. There are really cool farms for like goat feeding, turtle feeding. So there's hay dairies in Neotiu Crescent and also the Turtle and Tortoise Museum, which is somewhere in the north of Singapore. And that's a really cool one where, you know, the entry is really affordable. You just pay for the feed. So you just bring the kids there. They get to feed some of the animals. And it's just like a nice, really, you know, fun little activity to do for a really affordable price without breaking the bank. Yeah, perfect. And look, we've always loved a trip to the Botanic Gardens. And now that the MRT is right there, it's actually really accessible for everyone. We've always seen the swans. The kids have always been obsessed with the chickens and the little chicks that run around, monitor lizards. You can spend a dollar and get some fish food and feed the catfish. We've actually also spotted the otters there. There was a period of time where the otters came in and actually all the catfish disappeared because the otters are very hungry. <laughs> oh, yes. I didn't realise how big they were until I saw them one time with my daughter. They're huge. And they're quite scary looking when they travel in a group. So it's kind of like, ooh, if they're passing by you, just like... Like, stand back. <laughs> yes, as the boys say, they are predators, mum. <laughs> so we don't want to get too close. And look, we love nature and certainly my children have really embraced nature. But I'd love to turn our focus, which is a good segue, to eco-conscious living. So trying to adopt some sustainable practices and particularly with our kids, they keep growing, they keep getting bigger, they keep growing out of everything. Xavier's now, his feet are the same size as me. But Shaz, thoughts on eco-friendly shopping? Anywhere we can get secondhand clothing? Yes, I love buying secondhand. And I'm like proud to say that so much of my kids' stuff is all pre-loved. So we've got, you know, all the hand-me-downs from friends and family who don't need like baby clothes for their kids anymore. Really like 80 to 90% of my kids' stuff is all secondhand. We've got like baby gear that we bought on Carousel because, you know, they only use it for such a short amount of time. So it doesn't really make sense to splash out like full price at the shops when you know that there are people either like selling it off at really low low prices or like giving it away and they're all usually in really good condition so it's also a way to kind of keep the circular economy going so you can find all kinds of stuff like the baby gear like baby seats and also jumpers and all those like really cool little things that you need for babies that are in the zero to two year old range especially you know so other than that there's also a lot of really cool secondhand clothing stores in Singapore where you can get kids clothing Retycle is one of them which is a really good online store they actually started in Hong Kong but now they're in Singapore and they have a really good range of secondhand clothing for kids and they do pop-ups here and there so you can keep an eye for those other than that you've got quite a few of like swapping services and of course I just love carousel you can find everything on carousel look for kids shoes look for kids clothes and usually you know you can check the condition and all that beforehand so there's always room to chat with like sellers and all that to kind of find out about the quality of the clothing before you buy so there's always you know all these options for keeping prices low while you're raising a family <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. And you can also sell on there as well, right? Make some money. Yeah. <laughs> Make the money back. I'm very lucky because I've got two boys. We do a lot of hand-me-downs as well, <laughs> which makes it a little easy. And, you know, we are very conscious of just reducing our carbon footprint and making sure that we're being more conscious in terms of our fashion choices. But look, talking of reducing, I have been doing a lot of meal planning in the last year. I started doing that mainly because of the fact that we were wasting a little bit of food because if you go to the grocery store and do those big shops and don't have a plan for all the food, suddenly it starts going bad and spoiling. And then you're like, oh my gosh, you just feel so guilty wasting anything. So, and you know, another good tip is planning meals in advance. It helps us stay organized. It also means that we're not kind of having those last minute takeaway or last minute grocery runs and paying kind of big prices for things at the last minute. Yeah, I agree. So in my family, we don't really do meal planning like on the weekends and after that for the rest of the week. But what we kind of do is plan out the dishes that we're going to have for each day. So what we do is we kind of cook like a decent batch for the day so that we have it over for lunch and dinner so that we don't kind of scramble at the end of the day. And that works out quite well. We really like focus on what food the whole family can have all at the same time. So we are really big on like chicken, beef, fish sometimes because my husband doesn't really like fish. So we kind of spread it out throughout the week. And then, of course, we've got all the veggies and all that that we have throughout the week as well. So that kind of works out for my family. We And I and I learned that from my mom, actually. Like back in the day, she would be up at 4 a.m. cooking. Oh, wow. Yeah, get that out of the way before she goes to work. And then at least like me and my siblings were latchkey kids. So we would come home from school. And then after that, we would kind of settle our own lunch and dinner before my parents come back. So just having the... The meal set up for the day for both lunch and dinner works out a lot better. And even though it, you are repeating the dish for the day, you don't really feel sick of it because the next day you know that you're changing to something else. So yeah, it kind of works out for us. Yeah, exactly. I do a lot of bulk cooking and then put it in the freezer for the days when the boys have particularly soccer or other activities after school and it just gets really late, you can just get home and have something out of the freezer that's very easy to make, just a pasta or something like that. So another handy tip that I know that you have a lot of experience in and can give us some tips on is taking advantage of community events and activities, Shaz. Yes, yeah. So you've got like the really good community events in the heartlands. If you live in those neighbourhoods, I live in Woodlands, so there's always something happening on the weekend. They've got like, you know, kids activities. Sometimes they pop up a bouncy castle for a few hours and then after that, there's like a little fair going on. So you just never know. And of course, you've got a lot of those kind of things in the national parks as well. East Coast Park, Gardens by the Bay, Botanic Gardens. If you go on like the MParks website and look under events, there's always something happening and a lot of it is usually free entry and you just rock up bring the kids have a bit of an outdoor fun and also try out whatever is available there so I really love looking up on like end parks the Visit Singapore page you've also got the Passion Wave and 1PA websites those are all really good places to look for fun events for the whole family on the weekends that usually are you know pretty much free mm, perfect and there's also loyalty programs and memberships available right 
Yes, yeah. So, you know, annual passes for attractions really work out quite well if you know that it's an attraction that you and your family will go to a lot of times throughout the year anyway. And it kind of gives you a little bit of a treat. Like after school, if the kids have nothing on and you're kind of like, ah, where do I bring them that I don't have to spend so much money? Well, you already paid for an annual pass. You might as well take them there. So the Mandai Wildlife is definitely one of those. They've got the annual membership there. Then also Gardens by the Bay, Art Science Museum is also another one. The Sentosa Islander membership also lets you come in and out for free without having to pay each time. And there's also Kids Stop at Science Centre, which is a really cool, like, science-based indoor playground that they have there. One of the main attractions there is like a little dino sand pit where kids can, like, dig for dinosaur bones. So that one's really fun. Yeah, so annual memberships, passes, those are really good for the whole family if you know that it's a place that you will frequent anyway. Yeah, I actually saved a fortune through having the memberships because being an expat living in Singapore, you have a lot of visitors and they all want to go to those big ticket items, which are Mandai, Gardens by the Bay, Art Science Museum, right? And so we were going a few times a year and you would work it out and go, wow, if we only went twice a year, it's almost close to the cost of an annual membership for some. And then Gardens by the Bay usually do a promo around National Day. They usually would do a a promo. And so you just time your re-registration for that. But all of those places, they seem quite expensive. But as you say, when you have the membership, it makes you go. And it also gives you those places to go where it's actually amazing. Like the kids love art science. They love the zoo. They love the river safari, all those things. So it just gives them such a positive, wonderful experience. And when you've got the annual membership, you pay that one kind of big kicker, which is, you know, it's quite expensive when you pay it, but then you make it back throughout the year for sure. Look, we've been talking a little about ways to save money and ways in which to get more for your money in Singapore. But we actually have a brilliant article that's already up on the site. We have a fantastic editorial team at Honey Kids and they're always writing articles that resonate with me, but also give me some inspo. And this one has 50 hacks for saving money in Singapore. It lists out even more tips for our listeners and we'll make sure that, again, that's in the show notes. Yes, of course. Yeah, so this list is a mega one with like 50 hacks for the whole family. If you want to get more bang for your buck, because we know that living in Singapore is expensive. So other than that, you can also follow us on our Instagram. We've updated with like really cool new happenings, also tips and all those kinds of things. So just check out the website. Find us there at Honey Kids Asia and you can see all our happenings, you know, all the updates on the new openings, really good tips for the whole family. And also now we're on Facebook and Telegram as well. So make sure you follow us on all those platforms where we keep you updated on all the things that are happening for families in Singapore. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Shaz. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you for joining us, Shaz, and being our resident expert. Thanks so much, Ange. It was fun. Yes, it was fun. And we will see you next time. Bye.